Are we back? We are. Wow. We don't have Kim, however. Uh, oh. What are we going to do? I have nothing to talk about. Hey, what's the phone number again? Uh, 606-6762. Okay. Hey, if anybody's feeling like me, completely and unequivocally overwhelmed, you know, I'm an avid radio listener, primarily AM radio because I have an old 95 Dodge Ram truck and I have lucky I get any any stations. I think I even got distant broadcast from World War II on the thing. <laughs> but nonetheless, it seems like every time, no matter where on the dial you go, someone is giving you financial advice. There are either entire programs devoted to it, or they self-sponsor themselves on radio shows, and it seems like they're really targeting the old buckaroos like me who are looking at, hori- uh, looking at retirement in the face, right? The boomers getting ready to go. And what am I going to do with my $93.46 as I slide and glide towards what am I supposed to do? And I think, I wonder, you know, here's the phone number here for Gerard at Large, 606-6762. If anyone out there has had a good or a bad experience relative to following the uh, sage-like or astute advice of a financial advisor or a planner, um, give us a call. It's food for thought because as a boomer, I'm confounded. I have no idea who's right and who's wrong. If you listen to any one of these financial planners on the radio, they're all right. You know, um, and I mean, it'll, there are some financial planners that will tell you, sell your car, drive, you know, a three-wheel jalopy. Don't go out and eat. Don't do this and don't do that. But then there are some other financial planners say, that's baloney. I don't know. You don't need to drive a piece of junk. You don't need to live in Spartan conditions so you can retire gracefully. I mean, tomorrow may never come. So, I I am. I consider myself a reasonably intelligent guy, but I. Oh no! Is it picture time again? Oh no! Am I like? Am I? Am I wanted by the law or something? What the? Let's <laughs> take another picture. I can't think and chew gum at the same time. Everyone. <laughs> anyway, did you get all my wrinkles? Sweet. Yeah, I'm starting to look like a Sharpe, you know? <laughs> anyway, so I'm confused. I don't know what to do. I know Rich does financial planning, and I'm sure he could call me and say, oh, Jeff, stop by. I've got a portfolio to look at. <laughs> and I'd say, okay, Rich, but what does it mean to me? Well, we all have the Here's, proverbial, here's yeah. the best retirement advice. Yeah, in fact, you work at a bank. I do. So speak to me. Get a government banker. job and get a pension. What? Get a government job. That's the best <laughs> no retirement kidding, advice. huh? Yeah, pension for life, hey! Wow, yeah, or be a be a be a congressperson. Yeah, you don't even have to take Obamacare. None of them do. Hell, be president. Obama has already made a million since he left office. Wow. You think about the profiteering element of uh, you know assumed office, where some of these people have become gazillionaires and have been in office much too long. And it's it's one thing to have seniority. It's one thing to be there a long time, but it's one thing to continue to win because of the gerrymandering of your various districts, which have left nothing but a virtual, you know, plethora of lemmings that are going to vote for you continuously because they're comfortable and they don't want to breach their comfort zone. Uh, but that's a different thing. But my thing is, I mean, how here's one thing you have to be careful of: misconduct within the financial advice industry. Has that gone on? Yeah, I think. Now, I'm, I know this is not an indictment. This is not to 
cast dispersions on the on the industry. There are some wonderful people out there that I'm sure that have given some great advice, and people have retired comfortably, made some great investments, etc. You know, and it really takes a good mathematical mind, I think. And there's no way you can forecast. Forecasting is you know fraught with you know mistakes and uh, you know other things that can occur. But anyway, so how widespread is misconduct within the financial advice industry? The economists Mark Egan, Gregor Matvos, Ahmet Seru, they released a sobering working paper that explores this question. Okay. And uh, these authors conducted an ingenious analysis of a unique broker check data set that covers 644,277 currently registered financial advisors in the United States. And an additional 638,528 who have left the industry between 2005 and 2015. Their paper documents disturbing patterns involving some of the nation's most prominent names in retail financial services. More than 7% of registered advisors have been disciplined for misconduct or fraud. Many such cases involving placing clients to unsuitable or overly risky investments, misrepresentation, and omission of key facts were other large categories. Uh, The misconduct was also financially significant. In cases involving settlements, good luck, the median was 40 grand. Many cases involve products such as variable annuities, which are notorious for their complexities, and hidden fees. Perhaps the most surprising finding in the study is the high proportion of repeat offenders that are still lurking out there in the industry. Among advisors with documented misconduct, 38% were repeat offenders. I guess this is a good place to go if you're a crook, maybe, I don't know. But those who commit misconduct and remain in the financial advice industry were five times more likely than their peers to commit subsequent misconduct. Just in the year immediately following a documented misconduct case, perpetrators exhibited an 11% probability of another documented case compared with a rate of just 0.6% within the overall industry. So advisors who commit misconduct do suffer career penalties. However, 48% leave their current jobs within a year. And now they're coffee baristas, right? But anyway, yet almost half of those who leave, 44%, find employment in the industry within the year. Excuse me, typically at a less prestigious firm, you know, do we cheat them and how with a pay cut, but still in a position to give something a good financial beating again. It's it's also clustered by geography and by firm. Firms with a high concentration of sanctioned advisors include some of the most familiar names in the financial industry, I say. More than 15% of financial advisors at Oppenheimer and Company, Wells Fargo Advisors, Financial Network, and First Allied Securities had previously documented misconduct cases. It's interesting. So advisors working for firms whose corporate leaders had more widespread records of misconduct were more than twice as likely to engage in misconduct. Firms that employed advisors with misconduct records were also less likely to fire those found to commit subsequent misconduct. Isn't that something? So it they're out there. But what about all the ones that are on the radio? I mean, who are these people? I wonder what do they want from us besides my money? I get a kick out of them when, you know, 
there's the one commercial where somebody calls in, These they have these callers come in, right? And they say, you know, <laughs> I have a boatload of money. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I <laughs> Take a call from me. I've, I don't have any money. Can you help me? <laughs> How do you plan financially? What do you need? What's the baseline? I don't know. To say, you know, I'm making X amount of money. I can actually do this. And what does this look like, you know, as the woman's retired? So there's a, it's really, really difficult because it can be very, it's daunting and confusing, kind of like the tax code. And that, that can be ridiculous, just as, just as ridiculous. You know, the average person out there is just very busy, not necessarily financially astute. Hello, uh, beware financial advisors. So, uh, you know, it's, I don't know how you would even scrutinize them. I guess you can check their records like anybody else, even with doctors. Financial aid, here's a, here's a, how about this one? Financial aid warning signs. Let's take a look at that for a step, shall we, folks? Here on Gerard Large, 606-6762. And again, this is not an indictment on the industry to say, oh, bad, bad. No, but this is just something that I, you know, as an old man, no, you know, I, I'm not old man, I'm like, what am I? Um, anyway, long story short, how to check if your financial advisor is on the level or just after your money. Anyone can call themselves a financial advisor. They don't need specific qualifications and they don't need to be registered. Didn't know that. Did you know that? You're in the banking industry. No, but yes. the financial advisors we have, and this is one thing where it's yep. starting to change in the industry. Yep. More and more are starting to become salaried instead of commission-based mm-hmm. and com- having commission-based financial advisors is just ripe for having a ton of fraud. Because they're only out to make themselves a quick buck, so it doesn't matter if it's risky or not. They're going to get paid at the end of the day. And mm-hmm. So what if you lose your money? They get paid. Yeah, exactly. There's no penalty. No mm-hmm. pain, right? No gain. You know, when I was investigating crimes against senior citizens during my time as a Manchester police officer, the bulk of them were financial. The bulk. They are an easy, yep, they're an easy... Uh, you know, they're an easy, let's just say, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just, you know, an easy prey. They're easy prey. Uh, As you age, you lose your ability to scrutinize, discern, make appropriate choices. Uh, A lot of those receptors and defense mechanisms that are hidden in the human brain start to break down and things start to look good. And they are out there, you know, preying on these people. And uh, it's probably worse now because of the, expansion on the internet for one and number two the internet when i was on the job the internet actually was alive and well fine but most of the people the victims that i dealt with were not internet savvy they didn't even use it you know they were still bound in paper most of it rolled up in rubber bands on their coffee or kitchen table that's how they track their finances and more often not they had kitchen table conversations with some very unscrupulous people that would come in and sell them a bucket of nothing for a lot, a lot of money, which less them more often than not, somewhat destitute. Okay, uh, with tre- you know, with, tre- with with tremendous loss and recovery was probably not going to happen. But they're very, very confusing, you know. And if they sound good, even if it's sound, you know, the adage, if it sounds too good to be true, you know, uh, then tell a senior citizen, because in a ch- there's a better, higher chance that you will uh, get them to buy or uh, you know succumb to your little scam. Oh. Here's some st- few startling facts facts for the Gerard Allard audience. We, and I'm going to start with number one, then we'll go to a break. 
A study by securities officials of, quote, free meal, end quote, financial investment seminars found that half of them exaggerated or made misleading claims about their services. More than 10% were actually fraudulent, selling non-existent products or promising unrealistic returns. Unbelievable. No, it is believable. So be very, very careful of that. And now to pay those proverbial bills.